I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here as usual with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. How you doing, Vicki? Very well, Patty. So happy we have our partners from Montecito Bank and Trust here with us today, and I'll let you do the honors. All right. So Doris Roof from Montecito Bank and Trust is with us today. She is the Senior Fraud Specialist. And I understand today, Doris, you're going to tell us about fraud that is associated with the use of Zelle. And maybe for those of us who don't know exactly how Zelle works or what it is, you could start by just explaining how Zelle is supposed to work. And thank you for inviting me. Zelle is very similar to Venmo and like PayPal, where you're transferring money from person to person. It's actually called P2P, which stands for person to person, except Zelle is a product that is used with financial institutions. So you'll see a lot of banks like Wells Fargo and Bank of America actually have been using it for quite a few years. And you'll see more and more the Zelle product being introduced. So it's a way of transferring money between what are called tokens, and you can transfer money to a phone number or using the phone number as the identification or through email or an account. And then you go ahead and set up who you'd like to send money to on a regular basis or once a month, whatever you decide. So you set that up and then you can go ahead and go into your online banking because that's where Zelle is. And then you can go ahead and go into your Zelle account and you can transfer money right away. And it can be instant. You can set it up to be sent in one day, two days, a few days, or you can set it up via ACH so that you can go ahead and send money that way. So So it's an easy way of sending money between parties. So for example, Doris, if I wanted to send money through Zelle to, let's say, my utility company, a utility company. I could choose to use Zelle and I would need to get the utility company's token, which could either be their phone number or their email account. And then once a month, I could send money to my utility company that way. Is that how it would work? No, that's more like a bill pay. So what happens is it's more individuals, like a person to person. So it's between individuals of sending money, just like Venmo, except Zelle is going through the financial institution. Institutions. If I wanted to send money to my tennis instructor, uh-huh. I could do it through Zelle. Yes, as long as you have their phone number, their email address, then you can go ahead and just send it over to them and they will get the payment. Okay, I think I've got it. All right. So what's starting to happen? What are you seeing that's uh, fraudulent? Well, what we're seeing is more and more people are either getting a phone call or a text Let's use Southern California Edison or an electrical company. And your utility bill for your electricity hasn't been paid and you're way overdue. And, you know, to avoid turning off your electricity in the next couple of hours, we need immediate payment. So the customer will say, how am I going to pay for that? Usually it's always been gift cards or something like that where they've been asking for the money. Now more and more it's becoming 
Well, you can make a payment through Zelle and we'll get that payment right away. We'll make notation that you've made payment and that's how they entice the person to go ahead and start falling for the scam. So the customer, of course, gets concerned. They go ahead and say, well, how am I going to do that? I don't have Zelle. And they'll say, go into your online banking because that's where Zelle is housed and set up a Zelle account. And you're going to go ahead and send it to this. Usually it's an email address and go ahead and set it up to this email address. And then the customer will go ahead and set up the Zelle and then they'll go ahead and say, okay, how much do I owe you? And they'll go ahead and send the money out, $1,000, $2,000, whatever is instructed. The other way where they have more control and access, especially when you're a little bit older and you're not as computer savvy and they'll say, well, you know, I'm trying to set up Zelle, but I'm having problems. They'll say, can we go ahead and remote in? We'll help you set this up. When you say remote in, you mean the victim is going to give remote access of their computer to the scammer? Yes, correct. Yes. Your computer and your online system doesn't know that someone else is wanting to remote in. And if by chance they do go in and the system notices it's a different IP address, they'll send a two-step verification, but the customer will give that to them. Okay. They'll remote in, they being the scammer. We'll go ahead and set up the Zelle and start transferring money out. And it is instant a majority of the time. And once it's gone, it's gone. The bank can't even help with that in trying to recover the money. We can go ahead and send out a request to the other area, but it's usually gone because it's so instant. Our processor, who we work with handling our transactions, gave us a few items of what would never happen. First of all, they mentioned that refunds are never issued through Zelle. And that was actually a scam we just received recently that, oh, we want to send you a refund, but we want to send it to you via Zelle. That would be the scammer saying we owe you money and we want to give you a refund. Right. They're trying to convince you to open up a Zelle. Let me help you open up that Zelle account. And then a financial institution will never call to request info received via a text. The financial institution, a bank will never ask you to send information and send it to them via text. That was one of the items. And then don't provide account numbers or personal information by email or text. Once again, they're trying to get more information so they can gain access. Don't trust caller ID. And this has been a big one recently. You think your bank is calling or information that's being texted to you looks like it's coming from your financial institution. So don't trust that. They've been spoofing a lot of bank information or bank phone numbers and text them. And don't feel pressure to provide information. They always try to make you feel like it's urgent and better do it now type thing. Otherwise, there's going to be a consequence Mm -hmm. of some sort. And this one is just kind of an overall one. In my opinion, don't click on links unless you're asking for something or requesting and you're expecting it. Check it out first. Don't ever give remote access to anyone unless you're trying to get your computer fixed and you're the one going out there, going to a reputable place. I had somebody call me who had this scam happen to him. He sent money via Zelle 
to somebody who thought he was going to be purchasing, I think, car parts. And it turned out the guy was a scammer on the other end. And he was shocked to learn that the bank doesn't guarantee that the transaction is valid. And they're not going to reimburse you for money that you send if the transaction turns out to be a fraud. He was of the opinion, and I'll bet a lot of people are, that because this happens through the bank and the bank has set this up with you, that they're somehow agreeing that whatever happens with this Zelle account is either legitimate or if it's a fraud, they're going to give you your money back. And that's not true. It is a little bit of an issue because a lot of people are having a hard time understanding that they feel they should be reimbursed. But as far as banks or Reg E goes, if you're sending it, you've authorized it. If you've agreed to send money to somebody via Zelle, you've authorized that the money go to that person and the bank can't do anything about that. We always say Set up your Zelle with people you know who you want to send money back and forth with, not to people you don't know. So that's the safest way. Deal with who you know. Good advice. And they can be a wonderful convenience. I love these apps. You know, they're great, but you do just have to be very careful. As you said, it has to be somebody you know. Yeah. Or really checked out. Not somebody coming to you telling Mm -hmm. you to send the Zelle money. Right. I think that's a big clue. Unless it's, Mom, would you send me some Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, this was really very insightful. And we thank you so much for giving us these tips. Okay. Bye-bye now. Well, that was really interesting with Montecito Bank and Trust and Doris Ruth. Great advice. Vicki, do you have any good news today? I do, Patty. And it starts with a bad news story, but it ends up well. This happened in India, and a woman lost her wallet and her debit card. And of course, the minute she realized it was lost, she did what sometimes we all do, which she looked up the consumer support number of her bank on the internet. So she Googled her bank and got what she thought was the consumer support phone number. What she got was a fake number in her search, and she called the crooks who had set up this fake site. And we've talked about this before. Be careful if you find a number via a Google search. So the crooks took down her details. They assured her that the card had been blocked, that no one was going to be able to use the card. And she even got a message about an hour later telling her that her card had been successfully blocked. Well, it turns out that they were crooks and they just used the information about her card to drain her bank account. Thankfully, some very good police officers in India were able to track the crooks down through various computer devices that they had available to them. They were able to track them down, arrest them, prosecute them, and this woman is probably going to get some of her money back as restitution. So every once in a while, these crooks get caught and you get your money back. (laughs) Great news. I could so easily fall for that. In fact, I almost did fall for a similar scam, extending my car rental one time and they asked for American Express. And I said, well, I don't have American Express to extend the car rental. And it was a bogus number that I found online and it wasn't them at all. So I barely got away without losing money on that one. But you have to be so very careful when you look up companies online. You do. 
Yeah, great story. Glad they got caught. And nice to know that there's some great people in India, police officers helping us out here too. Absolutely. Thank you, Vicki. Have a great week and can't wait to hear what you will warn us about next week. Okay. Thanks, Patty. Hey, but just before you go, would you give your fraud hotline number? I will. Area code 805-568-2442. So that's 805-568-2442. Thank you so much, Vicki. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. Bye.